Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Uh, so it's a quickie you want, is it? Yeah. All right. Well, let's make this quick. I've got places to be. I've got so many places to be. But all right, if, if, if you want it, let's do it. Sounds uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I feel like we need to stop making these so innuendo uh, If you want it, uh, come on, let's do it. Fine. Uh, I like the attitude. I'm so enthusiastic. Let's it's go. A, it's a questions themed mini-sode. You send your, your questions to, to me, Tom, and my co-host, Elizabeth, and we try and we try and deal with them. Sometimes we crush it. Yeah, sometimes we knock it. I was trying to think of some sports. And I was like, s- slam it out of the ballpark. <laughs> knock it into the hoop. We, I don't <laughs> we accelerate that ball towards the goal. We do oh, the sports ball thing and oh it goes in the place boy. where it's meant to be. And sometimes we don't do the sport. That would, Sometimes the race isn't finished and we don't do good things, but no, we try. No. Uh, Elizabeth, uh, I've never had to make a long-distance relationship work. I've never been oh. in one. Yeah. I don't know if you have yeah. and if you have any tips as to how no. to do it, how to make <laughs> it, it how to work. Communication. Okay, then what not how to not do it then. Communication is key, especially if you both have different love languages. Like if your love language is words of affirmation and your partner is very busy and never sends you a thinking about you text or a yes. you know, love you or how's it going or morning or I don't hate you today. <laughs> uh, your mind's anything. gonna be going a little bit insane. Um, similarly, if it's physical touch, it's going to be a real difficult time for you. Yes. Um, communication. Absolutely communication. And I think even getting there, you both have to be fully committed to the... One, it can't be one of you convincing the other that this... No, it'll work long distance, right? Mm. You both have to be sort of bang, yeah. it was like face-to-face a in agreement. podcast with it, right? that actually has a really good episode on this. I believe, I always get these around the wrong way, but I want to say tiny leaps, big changes. Sometimes I say big leaps, tiny changes. <laughs> yep. I don't know. But tiny leaps, big changes actually has a really good, and these episodes are only about 10 minutes long, mm. um, on tips on how to make a long-distance relationship work. Basically, this podcast just talks about tiny little tweaks you can make in your life to be more effective at being a human. Mm. Um, but uh, I don't remember what the advice was, but I do remember it being very good at the time. Yeah, so I'm, you, you have to do different sort of rewiring of your brain. You have to because it's not just being in the in a relationship that you're in the same in the same room with all the time, and you and constantly get to see that. Too. It can be not an out of sight, out of mind, as in they're going to cheat on you, but it just uh, you get so involved in the life that you're living that you you know you forget, and if you're codependent, that can be a problem. Or sometimes you're too too forthcoming and contacting mm. you need to give people space to breathe you've got to just set your boundaries before the long distance thing happens so you know one of the big things that we did is we're like we have to talk on the phone not mm. just text talk on the phone once a week at the at the bare minimum like yeah. if we haven't we need to and we would set side, uh, time aside for that so it'd be like cool six o'clock friday you and me it's a phone date like, I, i'm guessing i'm guessing you would also be doing a, a fair bit of 
having your own separate life, having your own separate life away from you, like understanding you are separate. Go and live that separate life, yeah. And so you're not constantly hanging Where out. Where are you going? What are you doing? Yeah. You know, absolutely. So when you do communicate, when you do talk on the phone or FaceTime or whatever it is, mm. you have things to talk about. You yeah. have things to connect over. You have you have those things. So yeah. it's not just a constant. Yeah. So you're not just dragging the relationship along behind you. You do have to. It does have to be maintained a bit. Mm. Mm. I don't have. Yeah. So I don't have many uh, pieces of advice. Elizabeth does, but it's if you shit. do, don't do it. Uh, that's my. That's my. <laughs> is if you can avoid it at all, avoid it. I seem to be leaning that way as well. But some people can't help it. Some some people are torn apart for uh, pulled apart for different reasons. Work, whatever. They can't help it. So mm. if you are currently doing it or have successfully done it before, please, please let us know. Um, there'll be readers out on the planet out on the planet that'll that want some help, want some tips on how to. Not just have a, a long to long distance relationship, but to maintain it. It's not just having the thing; it's do it's of actively helping it. Mm. Mm. So please let us know. So, I have a question that was posted in our Ghost of Boyfriends Past group therapy group, yes. which we haven't plugged in a little while. No, so that's I on Facebook, I, everybody. So pop pop along there. It's getting some. It's kind of runs itself now. People yes. post little questions, bits and bobs here and there, ask questions, and we get the hive mind, not just mm. um, Tom and I responding. Yes. But I thought I'd chat about it on here because. I was pretty proud of my answer. And then I talked to my psychologist mum and she's like, that's exactly the advice I would have given. Um, so I thought somebody else would want to hear this advice. Fantastic. Um, so the question, I don't know why they were nervous in asking it because it's a very important question. I'm not going to say who it's from because join the group if you want to find yeah. out, whatever. It says, good morning, peoples. I'm extremely nervous about asking my question for fear of being shot down. I don't know how anyone would shoot anyone down over this question. However, I'd like to know other people's opinions on the subject. Do you think, and I think Zane might be able to help us here as well, um, do you think that being raised by a toxic narcissistic parent plays a role in your choice of partners that you choose? Um, and this person then says, I married, uh, I, I married my mother, basically. Right, okay. <laughs> Um, and I said, I was like, well, yes, absolutely, yeah, I'm right? Sure, I'm sure it has a, it would inevitably have a bit, have a bearing on it. But I, I don't know. I can't speak yeah. from experience. So anyone else that wants to pop up, I'm interested in why you think I. I don't know. Yeah, I just thought it was. Sorry. I just Sorry, thought it I was an interesting you. topic <laughs> yeah. that you'd be able to help with the psychological. But anyway, uh, look, yeah. I just basically <laughs> said that our understanding, like uh, the way that we love, what's is the usually. Que- what's the question again? Sorry. Do you think that being raised by a toxic narcissistic parent plays a role in the types of partners you choose? And I wasn't asking you because I think you have a toxic and narcissistic well, parent. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. No, I, I hope I didn't come off like that. No, absolutely <laughs> not. No, I just usually have wise opinions on psychological questions that that are on this podcast but like our, our understanding of love often comes from yes. um what has been modeled for us yep. and even if that's negative people find a weird comfort in familiarity mm. yep. like it's a you seek out what you know and also as mum said when i was talking to, to her about this if you're used to being treated like shit you're more likely yeah. to put up with being yep. treated like shit but yeah it's it's and I think once you notice those patterns, though, like once you notice what the pattern is, once you notice what you're doing, then it's a lot easier to identify and avoid. Yeah, I think, and again, it does kind of come down to like what at what stage in your unlearning of the things that you need to unlearn from your childhood you are. Because if, you, if you're getting married like right out of high school when your parents' influence on you is still at its like mm. greatest peak into yeah. like sending you into the world... 
you're probably going to make choices very heavily based on what their input and what their direction is for you. And you probably haven't unlearned a lot of the toxic behaviours that you've been yeah. raised with. Like you might have a role, like sometimes when you have a, a narcissistic narcissistic parent, you you know, the responses to trauma are fight, flight, freeze, or there's actually a fourth one, fawn. And mm. this quite often happens with toxic narcissistic parents is sure. rather than freezing or running away or fighting, you fawn over the person, you end up going overboard to make them happy and going overboard. So you're already used to trying to do everything you have and everything you can to get the approval of someone who's never yeah. going to give it to you. Mm. So that can be the behaviour that that will continue on into your relationship, I think. Yeah, I think if you're asking this question though, um, whoever is asking this question, I think you're on, on the track to making decisions that kind of are breaking down the influence or the negative influence that your parents have on you. Because being raised by a narcissist, you can, at an early age, become aware of those tendencies and the the bad effect that it's having on you. And so you can come out of the gate fairly early to working against that. Mm. Um, and that's not always the healthiest thing either. But mm-hmm. like, I, I think, yeah, if you're asking these questions and you're aware of- Self-awareness the, is key. The influences in that of what has made you you and where you're going and what you want, then that, yeah, that's how you break it down. Like, Even thinking about it at all, thinking about where did I get this from? Even yeah. if you haven't realized that your parents are narcissists going, where has this come from? And looking inside yourself, doing that self-searching and, and, and soul-searching that we're always talking about, like where has this come from? Even asking the question before you find the answer is a super big and important step. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So uh, it can have a bearing. I think it's a, it very may uh, end up that way. But no, you sometimes can, it can be the opposite. Sometimes you have a toxic narcissistic parent, and you're like absolutely not dating yep. that person, and it could be an incorrect pattern that you're noticing, and and it might be your own baggage going, "Holy shit, I'm not dating at all." Because look at how awful mm. marriage is. You yeah. know. Yep. Or you it could just, um it could it could give you. The perfect example of what you don't want in yeah. life. And, and you and could have all your shit figured out because you had crap parents. Who yeah. knows? I would like to say, like, having a narcissistic parent who's very toxic and their relationship is bad, or their relationship with you is bad, doesn't give you license to be that person no. or accept yes. that person. Yes. Um, you, you can't go, oh, I'm in a bad relationship because my mother made me. Mm. Yeah. Um, that can be the answer, but you have to move beyond that. Yes. Introspection. Once you, once you, can't, be, can't be full stop on, yep. that, on that one there. Hmm, Thanks, Sam. You're welcome. Yes, <laughs> we got drag, dragged you into I just wanted to have a discussion about it because I thought it was an important point. Do you have a final question or shall we just leave it there? I could potentially throw up. I want to fix... You could potentially throw up, I, uh, could you? I've been, <laughs> I, I've been on the cusp for hours, my dear. Um, fixing friends with benefits. We've this Fixing is, it? Because I think a lot... I think. The idea is per- is perfectly fine, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people ruin it, ruin the idea of friends by their actions or overthinking or what they do or don't bring to the table. Uh, I don't know. I know how to fix it. Yeah? Yeah, you and mean- it's the same way that we fix almost every problem on this podcast. Fucking communicate. Yeah, uh, you can't <laughs> you can't bring one energy into it, but uh, but then act it another way. It can work, and mm. it can work well. Zane has pulled the microphone down, so obviously he has something to say. I, I would like to say I think we need to stop shying away from actually commodifying sex. Yeah. In in uh, fr- friends with benefits relationships, sex is part of what you're doing. It's not like friends 
and then there's also this other thing. It's part of the relationship. Yeah, it doesn't have to be friends with benefits. It can just be benefits and goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> and so I think you can definitely treat it like I am, the, my relationship with you is sex. Thank you, and that is all. Yeah, um, but and again. With each, and then your relationship with me is sex. And what can I do to make that better? Yeah. yeah. Mm. You just communicate. If what you are looking for is just sex, you need to go, hi, my name is whatever your name is. All I am looking for is just sex. Can you do that for me? Mm. Yes or no? It's almost like you're appointing someone to the position of sex person in your life. Yep. You've got to do the interviews and figure out if they're willing to give you what you want. If what you want is like, a friends with benefits so you want to be able to have sex high five and then play some mario kart after like that's have the chat be like what do we do do we spoon do we cuddle do we kiss do we Mm. hold hands do we play games afterwards do we go to brunch or do you feel like that's a date you know so it's uh, so there has to be conversation there has to be communication it can't be a thing that you just fall into and then months go by because um, uh, emotions will change needs will change uh if you haven't put any rules on sleeping over or cut, do you cuddle? Do you hold hands when you're out and about? Yeah. There, there's a there's even the act of sharing a meal together before yeah, or after you... sex can be like, oh god, that person's caught feelings for me, mm. and they they may mayhaps they have, <laughs> but if they haven't, like, and you've gone, hey, we're normal people, you know. And as somebody that I was chatting to recently said, they were just like, well, I don't want to be an asshole about just having sex with someone and leaving. So, mm. you know, why can't I have dinner with them or lunch with them? I'm like, you absolutely can. You just need to communicate. That that's part of the relationship mm. that, that it doesn't mean anything just like yeah I'd really love to be friends with you and my view of friendship is that we can hang out that we can have meals together that we can sometimes game together that we can go bowling and occasionally we'll have sex yeah so the the, the idea of friends with benefits I think has always been uh, treated quite ca- casually mm. by, by the by the common man it's it is a casual, casual thing sex. yeah <laughs> but that's how it's branded but it it is a relationship and like all relationships it still needs work and yeah. attention and all communication all relationships need, need boundaries so it's it's not a thing you can just sort of fob off on the and go ah, yeah it's casual sex and if you're the type of person who's just going fucking someone and leaving and not telling them what your intentions are or not talking about what they are to you then that's a bit shitty like you don't know if they're not aware of all of the information of what yeah. you want out of their relationship how can they make an informed decision about whether they want to let you have sex with them I agree I agree, I agree with you Liz great mm, very good end of story <laughs> end yes. of episode. And then, and we end are of, done. And end of quickie. Uh, yeah. Thank you all for popping in. It's a little bit longer than I was expecting. I got shit to do <laughs> for a quick little <laughs> chat. Uh, so we're going to have to ask you to, uh, to to leave if you don't mind. Well, yeah, we please. Um, can you just grab your clothes well, and go? I just I I just I've got to get up really early in the morning, guys. Um, if you can please throw us a review somewhere, that'd be great. Or share the podcast. Yes, I would love that. For that Christmas. would be just the best be gift. Lovely. I don't even gift. know if this will air before Christmas, but if it does, Christmas present. If it doesn't, belated Christmas present, New Year's present. Just to give us the gift of yeah, well, any present at any time it's a surprise <laughs> gift but yeah like i need you to go my flatmate's going to be coming home soon so uh <laughs>
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There are known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. But there are also unknown knowns. The Ancient and Esoteric Order of the Jackalope is a secret society devoted to unearthing and sharing this forgotten knowledge. Each episode, we take one of these strange stories and share it with you. No topic is off-limits, except for the obvious. Available wherever fine podcasts are sold.